You are listening to Amplify Your Success Podcast, episode 234. And if you've ever felt invisible on the internet, you want to stand out in a crowded market, you've got to hear today's episode on how to own the internet attention economy. Let's get into this. Welcome to the Amplify Your Success Podcast. Get ready to ramp up your revenue, amplify your impact, and make your mark in the world. This is the show for experts, thought leaders, and service professionals who want to shatter their limits and achieve that next level. You're going to find out from other experts and influencers how they made it. Now, let's get Amplified. Hey there, inspired entrepreneurs and business leaders. It's your host, Melanie Benson, authority amplifier for experts building a business around their business superpower. And today I have a longtime colleague of mine and friend joining me to talk about one of my favorite subjects, and that is like how to stand out in a crowded market, especially if you want to disrupt all of that white noise online. Uh, You're going to love today's episode. Now, before we dig in, Let me remind you about a really popular resource we have here in the Amplify community, and it's totally free. It's my downloadable guide, How to Be a Highly Paid Authority in Eight Simple Steps. You can get it right now at authorityamplifiers.com, and I'll link that up in the show notes for you as well. Now, inside this download, I'm going to take you through eight of the same steps I coach my Amplify Mastermind and my Amplify Inner Circle on to help them transform from obscurity to being the go-to expert in their field. And I can't wait to share these same steps with you. Use them all, try one of them, but I know when you work this process, you're gonna turn on an endless supply of opportunities and create some much needed buzz around your work. Again, that's it, authorityamplifiers.com. Now, let's get connected to today's guest. Welcome back, amplifiers. I'm excited for today's conversation about the attention economy, how to own the internet with Suzanne Evans. Now, if you're the one person on the planet who doesn't know who Suzanne is, let me give you a little bit of background. Suzanne is a New York Times bestselling author that went from secretary to multi-seven-figure CEO in just three years. She's known as the tell-it-like-it-is, no-fluff boss of business building. Her work blends business, strategy, lifestyle, and storytelling in a way that allows people to build businesses that shape the world to be a better place. Along her journey, she's hit the Inc. 500 5,000 for five straight years, been featured in Forbes, won countless business awards, and managed to wrangle a toddler to almost being civilized. Susanna, so excited to talk to you today. And I don't want to talk about anything business. I want to know how you wrangle a toddler. That's that's yeah, what everybody it, needs to know. Right? Yeah. Change your podcast, to, right? To amplify your toddler um, or, or de-amplify de- your toddler. Yeah. I guess that toddler, you know, I was listening to that bio, that toddler's now four and a half. Is that still a toddler or is that a preschooler? Mm. But between, you know, even before we're doing this podcast, I think it's so fun for like business owners and entrepreneurs to know, like, I was wrangling my kid and I was like, hold on a second. And then my dog got out and started barking. You know, life is real for every single person, no matter who you are, what you do and how you do it. 
And speaking of amplifying things, I think with so many people working at home and changing the workflow, I think everybody can relate to that because we're all having to navigate uh, distractions from home that we never knew were there before. So my, uh, I have a massive compassion for all the moms and dads who've been building a business from home, uh, balancing toddler time. I, I have a whole new appreciation for what that's like. Not that I have a toddler, but you know, I have everybody at home now. So, you know, there's such a flip side. Like I have a office, you know, I have a physical office with 20, you know, 20 ish employees. And of course we've all been working from home and I was worried because I actually like an office, but it's such this, this juxtaposition because I, yes, I have some distractions and my son is here, but I also love, like I pop out and I can be with my son. So, you know, there's all these blessings and curses with all this that I think will take years to sort out. Mm. Yeah, I agree for, for many, on many levels, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of the shift in our way of work, I think we've all experienced a huge shift in the amount of noise that's been happening online. Pretty much everybody and their mother, their grandmother, their father, their brother, their sister, their dog has now moved to the online space to get their message out in a greater way. And, you know, you and I've known each other for many, 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 many years. We've seen the ebbs and flows and we've, you know, seen the online space go up, go down, you know, things work better, things not work so well. What do you think is happening right now online that's affecting the everyday entrepreneur from being more successful? Well, you know, I agree with you. I think it's hysterical that it was like, everybody found the internet. Um, And I think that happened like 12 years ago. And now we're having like this next round of it because of the pandemic. But here's, here's what I think is happening. I think that you've always had to stand out in business in general. You've always had to stand out online, but now you are competing with quite a bit of um, entertainment. And I've always said that people are very confused about the online space, that nobody wants education from online. Everybody wants to be entertained online and they may, they may seek it out under the guise of trying to learn something. But at the end of the day, everything we do competes with entertainment. And especially over the last year or so, so much free stuff has been happening. Not, I'm not talking about from business owners and entrepreneurs or online marketers, free stuff from you know, movie studios and places that charged you know, thousands of dollars for things, started giving it away to serve the public that was trapped in their homes. And so what's happening in the immediate is you got to be funnier than you've ever been. You've got to be more interesting than you've ever been. You've got to be an entertainer more than you've ever been. You've got to let us glimpse at your vulnerable, messy life and let us peek through your keyhole more than you have ever done that. And people are uncomfortable with that. People are confused by that. And they actually think that people want content and uh, information and nothing could be further from the truth. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that is true. And I, that's why we've probably seen such a uh, emergence of things like Reels and TikTok yeah. and all of these very, what I would consider disruptive videos. And I know you use that word a lot. Um, what do you think people need to do differently to disrupt the attention and capture their attention with so much noise happening in, especially in video right now online? Yeah. 
Well, I, I know this will horrify and offend most likely, but people have to figure out how to get interesting. Mm. And the most successful, most accomplished, most informed, most educated people right now are not getting the most clients. The most interesting people are getting the most clients. And I know that's it's a hard pill to swallow for people who value um, experience or for people who value methodology and, and studying something and studying a craft and becoming masterful at it. But you can be offended by it, but you've got to kind of, you know, take a drink of water and step back and go, but it is our reality. The, the socialization of society, social platforms, has removed the barrier to being able to find the best and replaced it with a gateway of finding the most intriguing or finding the most interesting. So what do you do with that information, right? I give it to you and then you go, okay, great. Just what I wanted to hear, right? On, um, on an afternoon. <laughs> um, you, it doesn't mean you have to be a comedian. And it doesn't mean you have to be a performance artist, but it does mean that you have to learn how to craft your information and your content and what you teach and what you do into more of an art form than a science experiment. And you have to find ways to storytell and you have to find ways, you know, I, I, I'll tell you, I have a four and a half year old, <clears throat> which we were talking about, which I'm most likely going to be homeschooling next year. And so I'm kind of obsessed with how people learn. And I'm, I'm, I've always have been, I have a master's in educational theater. And one of the things I value the most is how do you hook somebody? And then they just can't go away from you. Well, that's, that's how people learn. That's how people connect. And so it's really important to begin to identify how your audience consumes information, how they learn, how they spend their extra time and dollars in other areas, whether it's what they watch on Netflix. Um, I, I know this is Melanie, you know me personally, so this is really going to make you giggle. Um, I have an enormous amount of evangelical Christians that follow me. And okay. No, I did not see that coming, by the way. Yeah, we serve we have surveyed this multiple times. And there, there's a few reasons for it. I can I it's not important really for this conversation why, but here's what I know. One of the reasons they're attracted to me, and, and guys, if those of you who don't know me, we're talking about um a, a gay cursing woman here is kind of my specialty, what I'm known for, um, is because my style is very uh, evangelical. It is very televangelist. I'm more of a preacher than a teacher. And I, it's the, my energy and the way I present myself. And they're attracted to that. They watch TD Jakes on Sunday and they want to listen to me for business. There's a lot to be learned from just what I just said just then. Who are your people attracted to outside of your industry? And that's where you need to meet them. That is really valuable. And one of the things that I'm reading between the lines, and I, because I know you, I know this is part of what you do, is also you're meeting people in an, like with an energetic fire. It's like, and yeah. people feel the energy that someone is coming at the message with. And that energy can be very irresistible. Yeah. And, and, 
you have to 10x your energy. And that's also hard for a lot of people. Um, I, I tell a story about, you know, I love Dolly Parton. She, a lot of people have heard the story of the reason she dresses the way she dresses and does the makeup and hair the way she does. It was um, the person that she saw in her, uh, when she was growing up that had the most energy and got the most attention was kind of the, the, the town prostitute. And she saw that there was an, um, a 10 X factor to that person's appearance and their being. And she said, I said, if I ever make enough money, I'm going to dress like her because she's so beautiful and everybody pays attention to her. There's a lot to be learned in that too. And so it doesn't matter what your style is. Yes. I have a lot, I tend to have a lot of energy and I have a big personality, but I have a lot of clients who um, their style is actually more reserved. They're more introverted but you need to 10X your introversion, right? You need to 10X your quirkiness. You need to 10X your weirdo factor. You need to 10X your big energy. You need to 10X whatever your style is. You don't need my style to get attention online, but whatever your style is, when you take that style and you translate it to Facebook Lives or Reels or IG Live or just video, you have to 10X it because it does not come through the same way it comes through as if we're sitting face to face. Yeah, that is tr very true, um, especially if it's an audio only, what Suzanne just said is magnified a hundred times because the only thing someone hears right now in this podcast is our voice yeah. and they don't even get to see our faces or they're, you know, like the, the facial expressions are not seeing the movement in our body. And so when you learn to use your voice, plus what Suzanne is talking about with the uh, the physical in those videos and online experiences, it really does help. So you're really seeing that video can move the needle right now, but there's a lot of kind of video. So let's talk about what your go-to video is and you know how maybe we can get people to tune into that a little bit more because there's a yes. lot of video out there. <laughs> yeah. So I'll give you some quick statistics that I think are, are you know, very interesting. And some of those are that, you know, this is just static video. Static video, it's like 188.2 million people in the U.S. watched 58 billion online content videos. That was in 2015, right? We know that somebody's 85% more likely to buy if they've consumed a video that of something you're selling, right? That's static video. But let me share with you some stats that's about live video. So Facebook Live, IG Live, even Clubhouse um, could... Uh, could be in this, even though it's it's audio only. And that is that Facebook Live video count climbed to 2 billion viewers last year. Watch times for broadca broadcast quadrupled last year. These are the two that get me the most. Live videos produce six times as many interactions as traditional video, and live videos get 10 times more comments than regular video. And then search popularity within live videos increased by 330% last year. Those are huge statistics, right? Those are huge statistics. So the power of live is the power of attention right now. I believe we're in an attention economy. I believe that the person with the most attention wins. And I believe that online is real estate, right? Attention is real estate. And it's your job to gobble up as much real estate as you can. And one of the fastest, easiest ways to do that right now is any form. And depending on where your market is, my market tends to be on Facebook a little more than, than IG. They're getting on Clubhouse. 
So whichever platform your people are, go there, do lives, fastest way to get attention and the fastest way to get leads is attention and the fastest way to get clients is to have enough leads. So let's break down this even a little more because I, I would imagine, because I feel this way. So I would, I would imagine a lot, of, a lot of our Amplify community here are thinking there's a lot of different kinds of, of platforms. There's a lot of different kinds of video. I'm never, you're never going to catch me doing a TikTok or a reel, but we're talking <laughs> about being entertaining, right? So how do we bring a little bit of that entertainment value into these live video experiences? Well, I'll give you kind of a summation and then I'll give you a hack to do it. So in a summation, it is take your content concept and then throw it away and find a story, an anecdote or something like that to convey that same principle. That's number one, right? Throw away the five steps to baking a cake and tell an amazing story of you and your grandmother baking a cake and it burning and the house catching on fire and the fireman coming and your sister meeting the fireman and then they fell in love, right? Like find a way to get your content in without telling us or giving us content. That's number one. Another way to really bring engagement and entertainment is to work on your presence. And if you don't have a coach or a program or something where somebody can sit with you and tell you how bad, boring, and uh, average you are, then you have to do that. And it sounds painful and it is a little painful, but if you're coming into the world of teaching, you're coming into the world of entertaining because the best teachers are engaging and entertaining. And that is something you can learn. Some people are a little better at it in the beginning. Some people come with a little more talent and gifts around it, but everybody can learn to be engaging. It is a skill that can be developed. And then here's a hack, like just an example. I have a lot of these hacks, but this is one that you guys can start doing immediately. Talk, type, touch. I call it the three T's. So when you're doing a Facebook Live or you're doing an IG Live or Um, a clubhouse, right? Uh, Apply it to whatever platform you're on. Don't do a monologue, create a dialogue. So how can you talk to people in a way that they're forced to respond? This also goes back to very tell, uh, televangelist. It's called call and response. And there's a lot of things you can do from call and response on Facebook Live that people just have to respond to or they just have to type or they just have to ask a question. That's the talk side. The type side is if I'm getting you to type, you're not texting somebody else. If I'm getting you to type, you are not you know, reading and responding to emails. Your eyes are on me and you're connected with me. So constantly be doing things and sharing things, not yes or no, not, you know, um, close-ended questions, but reasons that engage people to want to type back to you. I, I tell a story about, you know, my Broadway theater days and all that. Something I always say is what's your, I'm a theater geek. What's your favorite Broadway show? People either go, I don't like theater. Great. I can have a conversation around that. Or they go, Phantom of the Opera. And I can say, I won't hold that against you. Or they'll say Hamilton and I'll be like, absolutely, right? It, in, in, it forces a dialogue. The, so that's talk, type, touch. When I am on Facebook Lives, I will constantly say things like, everybody pick up a pen and hold it in the air. Now, I can't see if they're doing that, but people will do what you tell them to do. A lot of times I'll say, everybody take a sip of water. Okay, what happened after that? 
And people say, well, nothing. And I'll be like, well, did you swallow the water? And people will say, yes. And I'll say, I didn't tell you to swallow. But isn't that interesting that there's things that we do that are just come second nature. And I want that to be your mark. I mean, that's just a silly, simple example. But if you're having people touch things and get things on their desk and, and do things, you are engaging them. That's not telling jokes. That's not being a vaudeville performer. That's just hacks and techniques that you can use that automatically make you more engaging than the next person just giving a rote Facebook Live. Yeah, so basically you find ways inside your national or your natural personality to, as you said, 10x it and be entertaining with stories. I love this monologue versus dialogue. That's really a great uh, strategy to use. So, you know, I think we all get the value of standing out, being entertaining, like uh, being inspiring in some way, shape or form when we're going to be present on video. But how do we actually turn that into income? Like what, where's the bridge there for people? So I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, and there's a million ways that you can generate revenue from, and I'm going to just talk about Facebook lives for a second, because it's the medium I use the most, but these can apply to everything. So one way you can do this is something that I, I call swaps and sponsorships. So my community does a lot of Facebook live swaps. It's a version of joint ventures. So ju just for instance, Melanie, like that means you would host me to your Facebook community. And then I would host you a week or two later. It's the same concept as joint ventures, but you're doing it with your Facebook platforms and you're both making free offers, or maybe you've decided to both make a paid offer, whatever that is. So that's a swap. I do a ton of Facebook live sponsorships. There are so many communities out there. As a matter of fact, I'm going to share with you my Facebook live community uh, at the end of this and invite you in, but I don't, I don't use this model, but there are tons of people that have 10,000 members in a Facebook community, 30,000, 300,000, and they actually allow you to buy an opportunity to do a Facebook Live to their community. Um, I was doing one of these last night, a community of about 8,000 people. Um, this is my second time I've done it with them. We make about, we sell about 25 to 50 tickets every time we go in her community, tickets to our event. So our, those tickets are about 197. So yes, we make some money, but also those people come to our event and have the opportunity to see our, our products and programs that we offer. So that's one way that you can generate revenue. The other is you do Facebook lives to pull people into a Facebook group. So right now I'm, you know, kind of heavy into the homeschooling thing because I'm doing all this research and a woman that I am following right now, she does a lot of free live content and says, Hey, come into our, ex, uh, you know, gifted homeschool community, because over there, every day I'm doing this and I'm giving this away. And there's other parents just like you who are confused and frustrated and struggling and overwhelmed. And so then you get into that community. And then maybe once every two or three weeks, she's going live for a group of people that are already extraordinarily attracted to her. And she knows that she has what they want and she's making an offer. Right. So th there's also a third way of challenges. I'm, I'm not going to go there, Melanie, but I'll just say it um, using challenges to then giving a specific offer. But those are just three ways. And, and I will tell you, I'll give you some stats on, um, for instance, the one that I said, do a live into your own Facebook community to a digital offer. We did this about four months ago. We made a thousand dollar offer into our group after we had filled that group through lives. Um, we sold about 24 units of a thousand dollar program. So that was 24,000. And then when those people came into that mastermind, they had bought for a thousand, which was a two day mastermind. We offered them our $24,000 program, sold eight units of that 
for 192,000. So just off a series of Facebook Lives into a free community, making a smaller offer within an upsell on the back end, we did $216,000 off of a total of about six, seven Facebook Lives. That's powerful and that's doable. Everybody yeah. can do that. But you know what was really unique? Like I do this organically, but I never thought about the intentionality of Facebook Live swaps. That's really yeah. brilliant. I love it. And, um, and if I can say this really quickly, here's yeah. where people mess up Facebook Lives. I treat every Facebook Live I do like a mini event, like a mini event. Like I need to fill this event, just like I fill my event that I do every year with a thousand people in it. I'm not going to get a thousand people to it, but I go, let me tease it on my, you know, cross promote it on my other platforms. Is this one that I'm going to send out, uh, you know, a, a text to my full list? I don't do that every time, but on occasion I do. Am I going to send out an email? Am I going to list on my newsletter that I'm going live this day? Am I going to invite my clients to promote this topic? To So treat every Facebook you live, live you do with the intention of this is an event I need to fill so people will show up because that's how you get traction. Yeah, well said. I mean, I think we under uh, optimize so much of the activity we do. It it means it can make the difference between uh, getting great success and mediocre success. If you really are intentional about driving eyes, traffic, visibility, exposure to everything you do. Uh, and I love that you call it their mini events because they really are. You're putting time and energy yeah. into something. Yeah. You, You've mentioned um, a few times uh, that I've been around you or heard you speak uh, this idea that there's no money in the middle. Can you yeah. explain what that means and how, how that might be relevant for what we're talking about today? Yeah, absolutely. So that, that also goes back to the engaging, right? I mean, here is what is not engaging. Someone who's like, now you can like chicken or you can like fish some of you are going to like chicken and some of you are going to like fish and so let me address both poultry and fish and talk to you that's the middle right if you come out and you go i don't know why anybody would like chicken it's not my thing okay if you want to you probably want to get off this facebook live because i'm talking to the fish people right now and you know who you are and those people that like chicken well we have problems relating to them and we can't connect with them and we don't understand why they would be having that when you could have the that's claiming your space i call it pov point of view what is the lens through which you see the world and then you're completely unapologetic for it you intentionally are like let me split it down the middle and god bless you all but move on away from me because i'm talking to the people i'm talking to now when you do that here's the really cool thing that happens people will spend money with you just to dislike you let me just say that again People will spend money with you just to disagree with you, just to dislike you. I'll go as far as to say people spend money with you so they can hate you. And I'll give you a very specific example. My father owned a little hardware store. I'd come in in the afternoons. He'd be listening to Rush Limbaugh and he'd just be cussing and spitting. And I'd say, dad, why do you listen to him? He makes you so angry. Just turn it off. And he goes, if I don't listen to him, I don't know what to hate. That's powerful because even if you are speaking to your people, those people who aren't your people are attracted to certainty. So have a point of view and be certain. And that's what is attractive to people. Well, that's the power of polarization. 
That's know right. who you're wanting to attract so clearly yeah. that you're not afraid to repel the people who are never going to be a good fit so that you have powerful attraction for the people who do. That's right. Yeah, I love that. So Suzanne, if somebody wanted to dig deeper with you and you mentioned maybe even your Facebook group, uh, what's the first step that somebody could take to get to know your work better? Absolutely. Well, our website's driveninc.com, driveninc.com. I always spell it because we don't do tattoos. We're not I-N-K. Um, <laughs> so driveninc.com. But on Facebook, I have Driven Entrepreneurs. It is a free community. Um, I'm in there teaching every week. Another team member's in there teaching every week. Um, almost daily, we're doing some type type of challenge or giving you content. And it's really just how do you take all of your drive and turn it into revenue as a business owner? So you can find us on Driven Entrepreneurs. Just uh, search it for groups on uh, on Facebook and uh, fill out a couple of questions and we'll approve you. You'll jump in. You'll get a lot of content from us. And you can also go to driveninc.com if you're interested in just uh, generally reading a little more about us. And of course, we have a, a, an opt-in there as well that you can connect with us. And I will make sure to link those up in the show notes. If uh, you're scrambling for a pen or don't remember it later, just head over to the show page. Uh, Suzanne, this is the part of the conversation where I like to take a step back and get a little personal, go behind the scenes a little bit more. And being as I knew you as you were emerging into this work so many years ago, and I, I remember your the starting of your journey uh, at the events that you were attending back then. I was curious what you think the boldest move you made on this journey was that got you to where you are today. I know exactly what it is. So I had just was making like a few hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, And so I had worked my butt off and I was doing pretty well. And I had an opportunity to buy a sponsorship to speak on the main stage of someone's event who they put a few hundred people into their event. um, And that was a big deal. And I was like, I'm going to do this. And then I found out the price point was $50,000, $50,000 spot. And I had like $20,000 saved in my bank account to transition out of my day job. And I had a few credit cards and I didn't have the rest. And I, I knew in that moment I was making a decision to have to stay in a job for another couple of years if it didn't work and literally maxing out every piece of credit, which I never had and had finally developed over that last year because I'd made a little money um, and totally wiping out savings. And I did it and I spent $50,000 to do it. And I think we sold like something like 30-ish 35 units of a $3,000 program. So I made about $90,000 on the spot there. So covered it and made 40,000. But I did my first event a few months after that. And those people were invited to my event. And um, we tracked that sponsorship for about two years. And I did $1.8 million off of that 50,000 over the course of about two, two and a half years. And it was scary and it was risky. And I took every dime of money I had, put it on the line and, um, I think that's sometimes what it takes, taking everything you have and putting it on the line and having the confidence to know if it doesn't work out, you'll figure something else out. Boldly be all in on your goal. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I think that is probably one of the most common things I've heard when I ask guests that question is taking a leap of faith on the investment side to invest in something you can't see the end Clearly, but you know you have to do to get where you want to go. So that's a great example of that. 
Uh, one more question. Sure. If you could dial back uh, to the very beginning, but you knew one thing that you didn't know then, what would it be that would actually give you more confidence and and accelerated, well, be able to accelerate you, faster? I'm going to tell you a hysterical one and then I'll, I'll tell you like a more of a, I guess, important one. I didn't know something called autoresponders existed. So when I first started out, I would get 80 people to sign up for something and I would send them each an email that says, here's your reminder. <laughs> I literally didn't know that like autoresponders existed. So it's one of my favorite things to share because you can be that dumb and still be successful. So <laughs> that I wish I had known then. Um, I think the, uh, I think the, the, maybe the, the larger one is that, um, that when you learn the skill set of sales, and I didn't know until, you know, I've been doing this 12 years, probably until eight, nine years ago, that I really, I had a mother who taught me sales at a very, very young age. Um, and I've just been able to put this all together in the last decade or so. But if you teach your kids to win, and if you teach yourself to win as an adult, if maybe you weren't taught it as a kid, you can't lose. That doesn't mean you won't lose. It doesn't mean there are things that won't fail and lose. But I don't think we put enough emphasis with children and with adults and with the world on winning. And we've become um, a little bit of this soft uh, society around being vulnerable. And it's the journey. It's not the end destination. Well, sometimes it is the end destination. If you really want to go to Florida and you keep going in circles, it's not the journey so much. You still need to get there. And so I think if I'd known earlier that Suzanne, you were, you were wired to win. Your mom did a really great job of that. So you really can't lose. It's going to look ugly at times, but on the other side of it, you're going to find a way. Mm. That's so intriguing because you're right. A lot of people are um, trying to create an experience where there is no losing. Yeah. And and so I guess maybe give us an example of how being wired to win versus like, you know, like I'm, I just want to unpack that a little bit more because now you've got me super curious yeah. <laughs> what that looks like in real life. <laughs> no. Well, a couple of things. Um, I I think that this really does come in childhood. And I think that so many people don't receive this information that it really trips them up in adulthood. I was very fortunate to get it, but I'll give you a really great example. Um, I think the greatest coach to have ever lived was Jimmy Valvano. He was the basketball coach for NC State the year that they won the national championship, 1983, which everybody called it the Cinderella team. And he did the same thing for years and years um, at the start of basketball season when, when his students would come to practice. And he was very famous for recruiting students who just had, no one had noticed them. And they were, came from some very challenging, horrific situations. And he brought them all into the gymnasium and he would pull the ladder under the basketball net and he would hand them the scissors and when he would have them practice cutting down the nets day one of practice. And what he knew was the majority of these kids came from environments that they had never won anything. And they didn't understand the concept of winning and they, had, they were surrounded by people who had lost a lot. They would lose jobs and they would lose money and they would lose their home and they would lose opportunity. And so he said before he could teach them drills and the fundamentals of basketball, he had to teach them what it felt like to win. We don't mm. practice winning 
as a society. And it's to all of our detriment. Got it. It really goes back to the neural pathways that we're building. Yeah. Like if we are building neural pathway, pathways to win and succeed, then that becomes the norm. And if we build neural pathways to give up, to, um, to like get close and like, and then like give in on the, the resistance or the fear, those are the neural pathways. And then that becomes the habit. So that's, that's powerful. That's powerful. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. So I, would, okay. I would I would say, have you practiced winning today? I love asking people that. Have you practiced yeah. winning today? It's something you can do before you go to bed tonight. I love it. All right. So uh, this has been really inspiring and compelling. We're, I want to challenge you as we've been exploring what it looks like to stand out and gain attention in your economy. How are you going to stand out? Like, what are you going to do to get your personality 10x, lean into your superpowers and create some noise and some buzz and some momentum in your space? Uh, as you are a member of Amplify Your Authority Facebook group, I want you to share this week what you're going to do to really fully play full out around this one. Suzanne, thank you so much for joining us and sharing some great insights. And again, uh, take advantage of Suzanne's group, The Driven Entrepreneurs. You cannot be in too many Facebook groups, especially when they're high-powered Facebook groups. So join her there and dive deeper into the experience she's creating as well. So thanks, Suzanne, for jumping in today. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in today, Amplifier. Be sure to join us right now in the Amplify Your Authority community at authorityamplifiers.com and I'll share my seven proven tips to be a highly paid expert that stands out in a crowded market. Plus, we're going to keep this conversation going and I want to hear from you how you're going to amplify your authority and make a greater impact. Before you go, please take a minute to give our show and our guests some love over on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave your full name and I'll spotlight you and your authority on social media. 